gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Rudy's best friend. It's John Hastings, everybody. Yeah! There's an eclipse in America, but the sun is shining bright in Scotland, and by that I mean it's overcast and we're not sure what to wear. <laughs> Um, welcome to Anything Can Be a Podcast Podcast. What a day you've come to see me on. Ah! The chair's broken. Broken chair. Fuck off, chair. So I, um, I went home very briefly. My mom is visiting. She sat right there. And we went for lunch and walked around the festival. It's always fun to walk around into Newtown because that's where you see festival people meet Edinburgh people. And you can just feel the tension in the air as a thousand people have to get to work. And they're met by 10,000 English people who are like, oh, Scotland. It's almost like England only. We don't care for it at all. Like it's just... It's a beautiful sort of mix of the whole thing and there's tension in the air and there's lines at weird things like a line to get into Zara and a line to buy cookies and yet banks, no one. And it's always just weird because when you need a bank, there's always a line, but when you don't need a bank, it's empty. How do they know? <laughs> Thank you. Some of you, unsure. And, I, and so we're walking along and I went home. Now one of my flatmates, Jimmy McGee, he's a comedian, go see his show. He took today off. He's taken four days off this festival. It's pretty pretty impressive and so he last night had a big old night like I saw him at around midnight he'd be drinking pear cider for six hours have you have you guys ever drank pear cider as your drink as like a that's my evening session drink that's a mistake because I'm just gonna drink 10 liters of sugar and I'm sure my body will react well to that oh people are arriving hello how are you very good are you coming in there's a seat here and there is a seat there and I have a chair that you can use here. You're looking for your son. Is anyone's mother that woman? Probably not. What show are you looking for? You do no idea. Well, good luck. And if not, you have two drinks. So really, victory is yours. I know you will. And if you can't find your show, pop back and bring your son. Yeah. That woman doesn't really care if she finds her son or not. I hope she didn't hear that. Anyway, uh, so I walk into my flat, and he had drank nothing but cider for what turned out to be a good solid 11 hours. Now, I don't know if he took any Class A drugs, but based on his energy level and demeanor, I'm willing to guess something affected his serotonin, because he's doing basically the impression of a pile of laundry on the sofa, and just ego-surfing other people's reviews. That's something that comedians do here, is we, they look at other comedians' reviews and go like, what the fuck? How did that person get three and a half stars from shoes.org.uk? What the fuck? He doesn't know how to wear uh, 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 diamonds. And it's very awkward. I don't read reviews at all. Here's my theory. Is anyone here a reviewer? Good. Uh, here's why. It's just one person's opinion, and I'm not for everyone. Some people like me. Other people want to put a brick in my fucking face. And I know that because I've spoken, I was speaking to a reviewer years ago, and, uh, and she said, here's the thing with you, John. You shout in a way that makes me nervous, and I don't like that. And I was like, hmm, glad to see you have some journalistic integrity, madam, that you're listening, your personal opinions affect you. I hope that kind of thing doesn't you know, get into the American media system and get us a president one day. <laughs> and so I just don't read reviews. He's ego-surfing. Now, for some reason, he'd moved lilies. We keep flowers in our house because you want to like be nice and pretend we're adults, and also because we all smell bad, so we're all boys, so we have flowers in the house. And for some reason, he'd move the lilies from the nice dining room table with lots of space to the corner of the coffee table, and the lilies were spread everywhere. And so I, I walk by the lilies, and they fall 
like in a fucking fucking cartoon all over the ground and he's a hungover piece of shit and he just went well that didn't go very well for you at all (laughs) and I literally wanted to pick up the vase and bash him in the head with it and wait for the police to arrive and be like what happened he went he put these lilies in a dumb place and I did what we all would have done after a comment that he made by the way posh English person do you guys want to help me bury the body I pal you understand I'm aware a lot of you are English and you don't appreciate that comment be aware Scottish people are upset at you guys again. You had that beautiful window after the Scottish independence movement that that died down and it was like England and Scotland and you guys went back to just making fun of square sausage and deciding who gets to keep Andy Murray most of the time. (laughs) What I find weird is you guys argue over where Andy Murray's from. Is he British or he is Scottish? No one talks about Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay is Scottish and the English are just like, fuck that guy. And the Scottish are like, fuck an English cook, fuck off. It's a fascinating thing, even though... Gordon Ramsay makes more money than Andy Murray, and Andy Murray does not seem nearly as fun as Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Who would you rather party with, man from Gloucestershire? Gordon Ramsay, Andy Murray. Gordon every day. Every fucking day of the week. Yeah, what are you going to talk about with Andy Murray? You want to talk about tennis for eight hours? <laughs> hey, Andy, what do you do? I wake up in the morning, I have a balanced breakfast, I hit a ball against a wall for seven hours, my wife looks at me, I look at her, she explains we should have sex, I say I don't do that, and then I hit a ball against a wall again for another nine hours, I attempt to smile, it hurts me, and then I sleep. Like, it would be fucking boring <laughs> as fuck. But Gordon Ramsay would be like, Gordon, let's just start. How the fuck does your face look like that? And then he'd be like, oh, well, I attempted plastic surgery myself, and now I look weird. <laughs> That's what your accent sounds like to me. I can do that because I know what you guys think of my accent, which is you're all th- hearing so you fuck off now. Um, and this is the thing. And I, I, that was the sort of brief window. And then Brexit happened, and Scotland has turned its back on England again, and it's gone to being Scotland is Batman, but drinking in the daytime and using the cape as a way to hold chips. And and England has gone back to being the Joker, except instead of killing people, it's just blaming doctors for immigrants. I don't really know how that happened. I don't know how the NHS is to blame for immigration, but I gotta say, it's a way to go. And and it's this fun tension I found in the festival in the fact that I've talked, I've said to someone, are you from Gloucestershire? And if there's a lot of Scottish, Scottish like are there a lot of Scottish people in? Who here is Scottish? One, two, three. Two hands. <laughs> what does that mean? Scottish. Pardon me? I'm extra Scottish. You're extra Scottish? <laughs> what does that mean? Like you're from Dundee or something like that? <laughs> That's not ginger hair. You're a beautiful, dirty blonde. <laughs> it's, it's be ginger. I don't, I don't fucking like this inherent racism where everyone goes ginger, ginger, ginger. What they're saying is we don't like Irish people and we figured out a way to say it without getting in trouble. And by the way, when you point that out to English people, they clam up just the way they fucking did right there. They're like, how did he break our code? It's very fucking, it's very easy to figure out when English people are being dicks because you do it in a very cheeky like, did you see what I did? I treated him not like he's a human being because I don't believe he's a human being. All right, I'm going to go close a hospital. Like it's, it's very tense in here all of a sudden. I'm going to take off my hoodie because I so I knock the lilies off of the table. Jimmy doesn't help me at all. I go get a TA towel and I'm wiping up and I wipe everything up. I clean it up real nice. I put the lilies back exactly where he put them and like a real cunt, he went, "I don't think they should go there." Can you put them back on the dining room table? And then I said, "Well, who put them there in the first place?" And he went, "I did, but I regretted that choice." And I'm like, mm-hmm. And so I didn't move them. And then as I was leaving, he went, oh, one thing, your face is covered in pollen, but I don't think you have time to deal with it before your show. Like, Thanks, Jimmy. Hope you get AIDS. And then I, I say that 
jokingly, of course. I just know he doesn't like condoms, and based on his pre- behavior in previous years, it's the last week of the festival, and he is going to attempt to flyer. Uh, flyer. I've been at this festival too long. I now think intercourse is done via a flyer. We're married now. Um, and yeah, he doesn't like to use condoms. Do you use condoms, Rudy? <laughs> you, you seem very ashamed of that. <laughs> Hopefully that's no, new, not new information for you, Danny. Wait, how old are you guys? 26. You're 26? 21. You're 21? I can't talk about sex with you. You were born in the 90s. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, even still, but early 90s. I can deal with that. You're, what year were you born? 96. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Who here was born in the 90s? How do you live with yourselves? It's, it's ridiculous. People are born in the 80s and that's it. You're supposed to sort of remember Margaret Thatcher. Unlike you guys, who is your prime, who's the prime minister when you were born? Don't look away. What? What year were you born? 1995. If I was from Britain, I would know, but I don't. Who was it? Was it Tony Blair? Tony Blair! Or is it John Major? I don't know. I'm not from here. The first prime minister I knew about was David Cameron. And quite frankly, for a man who fucked a pig in the face, he's going to have a pretty good legacy. Like, that's a guy who basically took a shit on a table and then walked away from the table without cleaning it. And he was like, oh, man, people are going to remember you shitting on that table. And then a woman came in, ate the shit, vomited it back up, and then somehow blamed the Irish for it. And then told Europe to fuck off. And everyone's like... I'd like that David Cameron to come back. He looked like a Lego man with a smoking problem. I saw David Cameron this year. I was in a uh, music festival in Cornbury. Gloucestershire, is it a bit posh? A bit. So it is. Don't fuck off with your... You just described it using a smidge, you posho. Now... Now, I was in, I, I know it was fair, that's why I said it and everyone laughed. Uh, so I was in Cornbury, which is in deep Oxfordshire. Now, I am actually pretty posh, I am, but it's Canadian posh. And come to my show, there's a flyer at the back if you want to take it, uh, and we discuss it. But here's the thing, being Canadian posh just kind of means that, like, your parents owned a house, and that's about it. Like, there's nothing else. Like, here, it fucking means something. Like, it's beautiful. Like, you grew up with a sense of entitlement and also a fear that people who wear hoodies are going to stab you in the night. I'm sure at some point, your father did criticize a fashion choice that you made and said, that's not of your people. Nah. He's a, nah, he's a good boy, Dad. He is. Right there. He is. He said, good boy, Dad. <laughs> I would never refer to my father as a boy. A man who wears loafers without socks, no matter the weather condition, is not a boy. That is an adult who balances his taxes. Like, how, like how dad is your dad? Do you know what I'm saying? He, he, he looks after me. Yeah, I know he does. You're a posh person. He's probably paying for this trip right now. Is he? Is he what? Sorry? Paying for the trip? No, no, no. Who's paying for the trip? Me. What job do you have? I'm a doctor. Fuck. <laughs> you came to play, Gloucestershire. Well, good for you. What kind of doctor are you? Uh, junior doctor. Yeah. It's, it's such an offensive term. Is, yeah, junior doctor. I know, but it's just yeah. weird that like you're not like a real doctor. It's like your yeah. dad was a doctor and he just got a title as well. <laughs> He's not a doctor. No, I know, but that was the joke. <laughs> um, and how is it being a junior doctor? 
Okay. Yeah, enjoy it. Favorite? What's the weirdest thing you've pulled out of somebody? <laughs> Listen, here's the thing about British doctors, especially other doctors in other countries, will kind of clam up and won't tell you about the weird shit they've seen. British doctors, they're like, oh no, <laughs> cigar. Like you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, out of the nose. It was a weird Wednesday. Weirdest thing you've pulled out of somebody? Golf ball. What was I fucking talking about? <laughs> All right, let's begin. How did he lean into telling? I assume it was a man. That yeah, was, yeah. Of course it was. <laughs> now they say there are no differences between men and women. There is a very inherent difference. A man looks at any object and at some point in his life thinks, I think I could put that in my body. <laughs> and if you're not a product of good parenting or you're just bored enough, you'll be like, that vacuum cleaner is going in my asshole and we'll just see what happens. So it was a man, obviously. It's always a fucking dude, every time. Uh, I, uh, I worked at a summer camp and the medical, the doctor for the summer camp was the head of the uh, A&E for the Ottawa Civic Hospital in Canada. And I asked her that question once and she said 11 whole carrots end to end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Punctured his kidneys or something, or punctured his intestine. And what she said was impressive was the carrots didn't break and she got to the 10th one and he s said to him, how many are in there? And he went, probably 11. <laughs> Which is, I think, my favorite answer to anything ever. Just how many, and like, you're just shoving carrots up your own asshole, and you're like, I think that was 11. You know what, that's enough. Also, who has ever bought 11 carrots? Even if you're making a stew, you tap it at five. Basically what I'm saying, if you see someone walking out of a Tesco's with anything more than six carrots, they're going in that man's asshole. Same thing for cucumbers. When have you ever seen someone buy 11 cucumbers? There has never been a, there's never been a salad that called for get me 11 cucumbers. That man is about to, have you ever bought 11 cucumbers? Is that... All right, so it was a golf ball. All right, now, how did he tell you it was a golf ball that was causing whatever the dismay was? Once I put it out. Oh, he didn't fucking mention it at all. Whoa. I saw it on a scan on x-ray. Why was he in hospital? Because it, it was blocking up everything. So he just didn't fucking know he had a golf ball in his ass? No, he knew, but he wouldn't tell you. He just said he had tummy pain. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, what an idiot. That man just dropped his drink. Were you golfing today, sir? Um, so he comes in, he had I like how you said no, tummy. Doctor, you can't say tummy, you're a doctor. Uh-oh, someone's got rummy tum-tum cancer. Like... <laughs> that's fucking come on man say stomach you can't be like oh, oh someone's got some bumpy wumpies on their peeny weeny someone's got the naughty boy HPV like <laughs> you tell me oh man so he came in to a &E, or is he like he did oh, he made, so he didn't make an appointment came into a &E, and he said I have some abdominal pain, abdominal pain. alright and so you scanned him and you saw the golf ball saw around shape yeah and is that when you were up his, ass. up his ass? When did you say you got a hole in one? <laughs> full time, full time comedian. Um, so when did? Hang on, let me just make sure we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he uh, he had a golf ball shoved up his bum, and w did you then say what is this when you looked at the scan? Yeah, we just showed him the scan and said you've got something blocking your your back passage. You fucking Brits. You really know how to choose a condescending phrase. 
Pardon me, Chappie. Have you ever seen the movie Caddyshack? I only bring it up because the back nine seems to have a blockage. So you say to him, uh, there appears to be a blockage. And then what does he say? Here's what I'm hoping he says. He plays it dumb. Because that is my favorite when someone is clearly caught and they're just like, what? Would you, what? A golf ball in my asshole. <laughs> That will pay. That will teach me not to pass out at a wedding. I tell you much. So what did he do at that moment? No, no, no. He did own up. He said I was playing uh, chipping, practicing his chipping in the back garden, and he said he and he slipped. He said he slipped, slipped onto the golf ball. Yeah. Do you know? So okay, if we're to believe that story, this man slipped from such a high height, a golf ball pierced his trousers and underpants entered his asshole and he didn't think hmm there's a change yeah. at that point I asked him was he playing golf naked and he said nope no did he work for the current government of the UK because I haven't seen that, that level of denial since the current and I'm not one of those people that hate right wing people if you voted right wing please go ahead vote Tory do what the fuck you like I'm just saying they really love denying things that are clearly their fault this man seems like a fucking brilliant... Co- okay, so at that moment, then what happens? At that moment, well, you've you never been to Cornwall, have you? Have you been to Cornwall? I've totally been to Cornwall. Okay, so the story, you know, not the brightest of people. I wouldn't say that, although I would definitely say that. Some of them, some of them. Um, so, you know, we just left the story there and said, well, we've got to remove the golf ball. Obviously. You left the story there? Yeah, this is why I wouldn't be a good doctor, because I would be holding the tongs in my hand, I'll be going, these are not being used until you tell me exactly what fucking happened. <laughs> Because it's one of those things where I, again, it's why I'm not a doctor, is I'm not interested in helping people. I'm interested in the story of how a human being saw a golf ball and went, Saturday night is planned. <laughs> Have you ever looked at a golf ball, Rudy? Yeah. Have you ever thought about shoving it up where your shit comes from? Never. Danny? Okay. You're a doctor? I'm sure you've gotten some wet and wild shenanigans in your scrubs. <laughs> Um, have you ever looked at a golf ball and thought, mmm, yumma tum tum? No, not after that anyway. Not after that. No. Oh, that was the moment that set you. Okay. Um, so then you got them out. Yeah. And he left. Here's the thing with the NHS. I think it is very important that it stays in power. But I, for my money. I think I should get the phone numbers of the people that get weird stuff pulled out of them because I would like answers to those questions. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Sure, we can arrange it. Yeah, I think we can. Now let's stop recording and talk about it afterwards because <laughs> that's highly illegal. What's your least favorite part of being a doctor? And I will make it funny, you can be honest. Um, probably being vomited on or something like that, yeah. Vomit. Vomit? Vomit. What's the weirdest color of vomit you've ever seen? <laughs> Fuck you. I once saw, I saw a man vomiting soap over there about two days ago. And the only thing that someone did to help him was um, someone yelled, could you just move a little further away? I'm having cake. <laughs> Which I understand. It's a very absorbent food. You don't want vomit in the air. Now, back to you. So vomit, what's the weirdest color vomit you've ever seen? Probably bright green. Yeah. Kale salad, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that true? No. Nah, bile. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I really <laughs> killed the energy, my man. <laughs> what is your name? Jack. Jack, last name? Day. Dr. Jack Day? Yeah. 
Hey, you should not be practicing medicine. You should be solving mysteries in some sort of daytime television show. <laughs> Medical day. Yeah. Episode one, the back nine. A man's been found with 11 golf balls up his asshole. There's only one doctor who can figure it out. Jack Day. So your name is John Day? No, it's just Jack. Just Jack? Yeah. Ja- Jack what? Jack, middle name. Thomas. Jack Thomas Day? Fuck. JT Day. <laughs> you should be an action movie star. Keanu Reeves and JT Day are in John Wick 4. Yeah. They're in St. Andrews and they have a weird way of killing people. And, uh, and are you, is this your friend? Yes. Are you also a doctor? I'm not, no. And how long have you guys been friends for? Do your parents bring up the fact he's a doctor and you're not? My mom works in the NHS. So, so she, she asks a lot about charity. Yeah, and what do you do? Uh, I work for a charity. You work for a charity. That's smart. Well, let's find... Don't worry, my friend. We're about to find that out because yesterday someone said they worked for a charity. Turned out... You work for a charity? My mom has. Your mom has. What was the charity? Cancer. Cancer? It's pretty good. Can you beat it? <laughs> Fuck you for not laughing at that. That is very funny. Cancer charities are very important, but there's other charities that are less important. And I always find it funny when they're, you, you know, those. I live in London, and you know the binder people that are stood around Oxford Circus all the time, and they compete for each other. And it's always very fun to watch, like PETA stood next to cancer, stood next to some puppies are sick, but don't worry, they already have homes, but they cough, and that's cute. And you're like, one of these are important, and the other one is, I think, a money laundering scheme. <laughs> so she worked for a cancer charity. Do you have? What do you do? You work also for a cancer charity. What cancer charity? It's to prevent cancer, right? (laughs) Yeah, okay, good. That pause really scared the shit out of me for a second. No, we're giving cancer to the poor people. (laughs) Is the government giving cancer to poor people? Absolutely not. Good, that was a swift answer, but you didn't make eye contact, so I'm still nervous. (laughs) It's even worse that you then when I'm being recorded. You understand that it's an audio recorder and not a camera, so you ducking down doesn't help. What chance? What's your charity? Uh, we do sustainable energy projects. You do what? Sustainable energy projects. He wins. I know. What do you mean by sustainable energy products? So batteries? Projects. So we do off-grid sustainable energy projects, so like solar power and. Ooh, like Elon Musk. No, he's got a lot more money. Yes, he certainly does. He's going to be the president of the earth right for those of you who don't know who elon musk is he is every bond villain put together but he's real and for some reason still wears sneakers with a suit which really fucking pisses me off because if you're a billionaire learn how to fucking dress you asshole and and i dress like a bag of shit but you want to know what i make less than a teacher so i'm allowed i think that that's important if you're literally a billionaire and you own a rocket ship you either should be in a space suit or a suit made out of a dolphin and when people go how could you do that he went i had the dolphin cloned fuck you like that's what i'm looking for so elon musk he wants to populate Mars. Here's his plan. He wants to set off two nuclear bombs on the uh, on the uh, on the two polar ice caps of Mars just to see what would happen. 
and all the governments are saying you can't do that and he's saying you can't stop me so now what's happening is they're trying to stop him from buying two nuclear weapons and then launching them at mars and they're kind of not really talking about it because one of the problems that's happening right now is russia has lost a bunch of its nuclear arms stock because they had that whole thing called the cold war ending and they had about two years where all the generals are like what we're not being paid who would like to buy an uzi if you ever wonder why everyone has an AK-47 in the world, it's because the Russian military literally opened their doors and were like, how much money you got? And it was just like some dude from America being like, I got 20 bucks. Can I have 11 AK-47s? And they were like, yeah, let's fucking do this. There's a movie called Lord of War that was based off an actual arms <laughs> dealer who in a week bought 1,100 tanks from uh, uh, from the Russian military at the end of the Cold War, and he got caught because NATO on a satellite image saw 1,100 tanks just heading towards Germany, and they're like, "What the fuck is about to happen?" And they figured out it was just an arms dealer was like, "Well, how do we move these tanks?" And he was like, "We'll just drive them to Germany and put them on a ship. It's not like they'll be able to see it from space." And they were like, "That's more tanks than Hitler had. We need to do something." And then they arrested him, and then he got freed because the world's fucked now. Um, how long are you guys are best friends? Pretty good, yeah. So no. <laughs> Here's how you know. Have you ever picked him up from the airport? No, you did pick me up today. No, nah, not best friends. <laughs> Have you ever helped him move? <laughs> it's very tense in here all of a sudden. Rudy, yeah. let's move to you. You and Danny in love for. Yeah. I oh, seem real excited about it, my friend. <laughs> Pardon me? I like it. Where are you from? Montrose. Montrose? Yeah, man. In between Dundee and Aberdeen. Thank you so much, because I, like, I was like, Randy Montrose, the guitar player for Deep Purple? Montrose, in between Glasgow and Aberdeen? Dundee and Aberdeen. Oh, Dundee and Aberdeen. I fucking love it. See, here's the difference between English people and Scottish people for me, is English people will kind of defend they're shitty small towns. Scottish people will line up to tell you, you ever been to Dumfries? It looks like a tire fire, but they won't put it out. And homeless people love fucking outside. I've never been to Dundee. You guys need to get a better PR agent because no one has nice things to say about it. I have been to Aberdeen. Here's the thing. I have a theory with UK cities. If your train station's in a pit, it's a bad town. Edinburgh is sort of an exception, except if you're on the Cowgate on a Saturday night, I've seen people throwing up and fighting at the same time. You gotta pick a fucking stream. Glasgow, on the other hand, has a lot of a bad reputation. That said, not a pit train station. And as much as Saki Hall Street in Glasgow is fucking intimidating, I've never been threatened. I have really enjoyed seeing people walk out of a chippy on Saki Hall Street in Glasgow, not realize that it's a communal pizza all of a sudden, and people are just opening and taking us like, what the fuck? And we're like, ha ha, London, and leave. Are you, pardon me? Not, thank you very much. Listen, so proud of you, you should be. I'm not. I've, listen, I, I am very much on Glasgow side in the glasgow Edinburgh war. Here's the oh, difference. Here's why. Glasgow is fucking terrifying at night. There's a man in a neck tattoo trying to eat a cat, but he will stay hello and hold your door open. Well, <laughs> well, Edinburgh well, is very happy that you have arrived, but they want your money, and then they want you to fuck off immediately. <laughs> Like, there's just something... I don't know what it is in Edinburgh, but Edinburgh people do have a little bit of, like, where are you from? Edinburgh? Meaning I am God's chosen? <laughs> where are you from? Canada? Hmm, never heard of it. 
You're like, you have heard of it. You're wearing a shirt that says, I got, I, my mom went all the way to Canada and she got with me was this t-shirt and he went, oh no, it's ironic. Do you know what that word means? And you're like, do you know what fucking dickhead means? And it's so, that's why I find it interesting that they put an arts festival here because I would have loved for the Edinburgh Fringe to be the Glasgow Fringe just because imagine how different the vibe would be. It would absolutely fucking work because Glasgow rolled... You're the only city on the planet that has a statue that someone put a cone on the head of one day and the entire town went, it's better now. <laughs> what is the story with that, by the way? I don't know who... What, but who's the statue of? Okay, for those of you that don't know, in the center of Glasgow, there is a man on a horse statue. Is it an English politician? Uh, by the way, what a Glasgow story. We don't know why we do it, but it's funny, so we keep doing it. How much is it costing us? 80 grand. 80 grand to laugh. Let's fucking make it happen. Do you, do you know, it's just an English politician? It's something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a very Scottish move, by the way. It was just English fucking statue, put a cone on it. Ha, cone head, pointy head, fuck you. Like, it's just the... Anyway, so it's literally just a statue of a guy on a horse, and there's a fucking parking cone on it. And they, I've seen them removing it at night. I was there for the Glasgow Comedy Festival, and there was a guy on a crane, and he popped the cone off. And literally, I went in, did a show at midnight. I was walking back at one in the morning. Cone was already fucking back there. Like, I don't know if there's hoodlums that just have cones in their house. And they're just like, it's removed. And they just call, like, Johnny. And he comes in in, like, an orange car, screeches into St. Andrew's Square, pops it on, and just, ha, 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 pals, and fucking speeds off into the night. But that's that's the like, it's, the thing with Edinburgh that does, it, it's weird to come here not during the festival because it's weird ghost town on this. Like, have you ever been here not during the festival? No, it's first time. First time ever? First time, first time in Scotland? Uh, no. What were you doing before? <laughs> Last time I came. I've been to the Isle of Arran. Oh. What is the Isle of Arran? It's an island off the west coast of south of Scotland. What were you doing there? It's uh, Just a family holiday. Yeah, you're not posh at all, man. <laughs> Here's my one thing I will say about posh English people is you guys always seem to holiday on islands. Do you guys all own them? I just like to see. Yeah, that's like the sailing, boating sort of thing. No, just yeah, swimming, surfing. Surfing? What kind of fucking maniac is surfing in the fucking waters surrounding the fucking British Isles? Have you never been cold before? No, surfing is a summer activity. You don't look at the gray skies in a pebbly beach and think, mm, let's hang 10. How different would the movie Point Break be if it took place on the Isle of Aaron? Who's robbing these banks? Those guys. The joke there is that the Isle of Aaron, I assume, is a very small population. So if people were robbing the banks, they'd be able to detect exactly who they are. While the movie Point Break takes place in the very populated region of Los Angeles, California, so it's difficult to determine who was robbing the banks, hence the plot of that film. I will explain the jokes as we go along, and as you can see, hasn't slowed me down at all. Now, have you seen the movie Point Because when were you born? 92. How can you be born in the 90s and a doctor? Are you like Doogie Howser? No, no. Fuck.
fuck. I feel like an ancient ghost who's come down from the attic to talk to you about iPods and when Bill Clinton was the president. Back in my day, the president of the United States got blowjobs and he didn't try and kill anybody, but he did. Oh, he did. And here in England, everyone liked the English. They were ruled over by a nice man named Tony Blair who looked like an elf from Lord of the Rings, but with a sexual past. And every once in a while, he would just make weird speeches and then yell something like, go Britain, and everyone would go, not like the Empire days, but we're having a nice time. And, and the Union Jack, if you was flying outside of your house, didn't mean you were a racist, just meant you were in England. Thought that would get a laugh, and said you guys just went, no, it still meant you were a racist. Now, um, and back to you, Rudy and Danny. How did you guys meet? Story, Danny, you tell it. Uh, <laughs> um, a gig. What kind of gig? Stereophonics. Stereophonics? Which band is the Stereophonics? What's their best song? Fuck off. There's bands in different cultures, all right? If I mention the Tragedy Hip, you guys are going to be like, who's that? They're the greatest band that's ever lived. And when Gord Downey dies, I will cry. That Tragically Hip is. Are you Canadian? You're not? Okay. All right. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you get out. <laughs> I'm counting. Uh, for those who know, the Tragically Hip is literally Canada's band. It's five dudes from Kingston, Ontario that play songs that are very uniquely Canadian, which is like, it's about a hockey star, and then he's dead, but there's a barbecue. Don't worry, there's a loon. Like, and... <laughs> It's fucking amazing, and it's the weirdest, creepiest thing that you'll be in bars and you'll see a Canadian and you'll just be like, do you like the tragedy of the hip? And I'm, <laughs> like, it's like English people, but it's not even football. Like, it's just everyone in that country loves them. And they had their last tour last year. Their lead singer has brain cancer. And uh, did you give it to him? <laughs> You're not going to answer that. No, I know the answer's no, obviously, but it would have been better if you said that right away as opposed to... I, again, I'm, I'm, I was starting this off as a joke, but I'm starting to believe you're on the wrong side, my friend. <laughs> we should start the show, but I'll tell you the story. So uh, last year they had their last concert, and the Canadian government paid the band, and they broadcasted it internationally on YouTube. And I host a show called Late and Live, which is like this gig, but imagine you were all on Angel Dust and hated me. And, and uh, I was watching it, and I was backstage just on my phone, watching this band that's been a part of my life my entire life my entire family's all watching it all over the world and I'm literally like having to host this late night gig and then going back and watching it and weeping like uncontrollably like everyone in my family's just been murdered because of something I did and then having to wipe the tears off my face and be like hey have you guys ever noticed that shoes go on your feet and women are people too anyway and then crying more and more and more and my friend Brendan Burns who's a very funny comedian that was almost a minute and I'm very impressed by the way do you? Yeah. That's good. I also pee fast, but I also shit quickly, which really unnerves people. I don't know about you guys, but I shit quick and I shit huge, and people are very alarmed by it. <laughs> like, what about you? Are you a quick shitter? Nah, average, I would say. Average, you would say? Well, you're a doctor, so you actually could speak with some medical prescience about the whole thing. Is it good if you shit quickly? No. Who are you? <laughs> Who said no? Oh, you didn't? Are you also a doctor? No. You just... <laughs> I don't know how you won that argument but you just did <laughs> anyway so I'm backstage late and live and my buddy Brendan Burns who's an Australian comedian goes sh see his show Race Off and uh, he walked in and he was like who the fuck's the tragically hip 
Why the fuck does everyone give a fuck about this fucking band? What the? He's a loud, deaf idiot. He's deaf, but he doesn't turn up his hearing aids loud enough because he doesn't like hearing everything because he lived his entire life being deaf. So he does, he's uncomfortable with hearing, which is really fucking annoying when someone's deaf because he doesn't know sign language or how to read lips. It just means he yells a lot, and then you tell him something, and you go, and then he goes, "You never told me that." And I went, "Where were your hearing aids?" And he was like, "Oh, that was the day I left them at home." Yeah, so I didn't fucking tell you that. You just didn't fucking listen. Anyway, so he walks in and he starts screaming. He's like, who the fuck's the tragic hip? What is this, this show that's going to win the Edinburgh Award? And I was like, no, it's a Canadian band. It's very important to all Canadians. Can you just, just let us enjoy it? It's weird. I'll explain it tomorrow. And then he was like, hmm, cool. It's like Crowded House, but for Australia. No, no, like Men at Work, but for Australia. And I've never wanted to throw someone out of a window more in my life. Because it's no, not like Men at Work, one song called The Man Down Under. It's like 40 songs that are all basically that song, but about ducks. The vibe in here is very weird, so let's start the show. What do you say, huh? How long have we done? Oh, 40 minutes, and the show's only beginning. Intrepid. Now, Danny, I want you to think of how you want Rudy... I'll get that in a second. ...to read the title of tonight's episode. Please take a title. Now, Danny, how would you like Rudy to read it? You have to answer any way you want. Headstand, funny accent... A funny accent. What what kind of funny accent? Don't be racist, but you can be. <laughs> don't know, Irish. Irish. <laughs> uh, you're not bad, actually. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> Being strangled. <laughs> that was Sean Connery, mate. That's what Sean Connery sounds like. He sounds like a Scottish guy trying so to do a it. shitty Irish accent. Because <laughs> I've been trying to figure it for years. I've never met a jock who talks like Sean Connery and that. All right, let's fucking give it a go. Being str- <laughs> just, a, just do Sean Connery, baby. Being strangled. It's just this being strangled? Oh, that's very good. Uh, being strangled. All right. Good thing we have a doctor here. Um... Have you ever been joked? No. All right. I went, I had two years of being single. This is going to be a weird story to tell with my mom in the room, but fuck it. You got to. Um, so uh, you've never been choked or anything like that? Have you ever online dated? Uh, no. No. Uh, do you have a girlfriend? No, not currently. Just a freewheeling doctor out there just wearing scrubs. I can't remember what the stethoscope swung over your neck. Just who wants to, who's down to clown? Is that what you say? Not in those words, no. Far too posh. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing is, I I did internet dating for two years, and internet dating was really nice. It gave me some confidence around women, all that sort of stuff. But it also, it sort of opens you up because it adds an anonymity to sex because there's some people that are just out there to fucking slam each other in the genitals and then fuck off. And you also, here's the problem with sex, I don't know if you guys have found it, is that we consent, and that's very good, but I think we really need to start discussing what everyone needs from that action before you begin because the current system of just you start off and then it's thrust upon you really needs to end i dated a woman she punched me in the face because she had to do that no warning but the weirdest one is i was dating her and we went on three dates turned out by the way she was married 
that was a fun thing to find out five weeks into the relationship. We were lying in bed. She went, hey, listen, I can't call you for three weeks. My husband's coming back from Singapore, so I got to just sort of move stuff around and start wearing my wedding ring again. But when he goes, we can date again. And I was like, we cannot date again. I'm not dating a married woman. And then she got really pissed off that that was why we broke up. She literally showed up at my house high on cocaine and was like, you need to learn how to communicate better. You're living in a shell and a rock. It's rude. And I was like, it takes a lot of hubris to be someone riding a high horse when you're cheating on your husband and saying, I don't know how to communicate. Because let's be honest, what's part of communication? Letting me know on the first date, just to let you know, I have a husband and this needs to be a secret. So one of the things she was into was uh, choking dudes. Now I I will give everything a try. (coughs) I, by the way, what you need to do is really establish a safety word firsthand because she had a lot stronger hands than I was prepared for. And so we were kissing at the kitchen table and she grabbed me by the neck and hit me on the windpipe. And so we're just kissing and then I just couldn't breathe for a minute, but I didn't know what to do. So instead I just started like passionately trying to break away, but she thought it was hot, but I was suffocating slowly to death. And so finally to stop her, I had to punch her in the boob. And she was like, why did you hit me? And I was like, you were choking me. And she was like, that was part of the sexual game. You shouldn't interrupt me. How dare you punch me? And I was like, listen, I understand it doesn't look good for me, but I was going to die. (laughs) And she was like, well, how do I know that was true? And I was like, and I was literally blue in the face and talking like this. And I was like, yeah, talking. I can barely breathe. And she was like, oh, I really like that. And I was like, oh, this can't be good. Listen, how old are you? Uh, 25. Let me give you a piece of advice as a coxman to coxman. If you're in a relationship with someone, and this is true for any of you that are single, if you're in a relationship with someone and you get an inkling at the beginning, this might go badly, but it's fun right now, just leave right then. (laughs) Don't give an answer. Don't say anything. Just walk away like a man who's triggered an explosion in an action movie, facing forward, (laughs) never fucking looking back. Because we all do that. We all do it. We all think, you know what? They're a little wacky, but I can change them. You, you cannot, and you should not. What did you yell? Oh, preach. I thought you yelled creep, but I was like, fuck you. Creep. Ew, you're supposed to change the people you're with. Yes, they keep a knife in the bedside drawer, but that's just because they sometimes like cheese before bedtime. Oh, listen, I have the utmost respect for any... Uh, woman, straight or gay, that doesn't leave the house literally wearing armor at this point. Because I literally, I, I was, I'm very naive. I was raised, I was raised around women. I was raised by a single mom and then around women. So I thought there was a quality. I'm that's naivety. I thought there was a quality in the genders because I didn't hear about it because I'm a straight white male and no one heckles me from a car unless to be like, nice band shirt. Thank you, sir. I also like Judas Priest. Um, and it's what sort of sent it home for me is. Um, uh, I was dating a girl, and she had huge boobs and was a yoga instructor, so she had a very impressive body. And literally, if I was not holding her hand, if she was walking ahead of me, I once saw a bicycle messenger just screech in front of her and went, tits, and pointed at her, and then just biked <laughs> away. And I was just like, what was his goal in that interaction? Was he unsure if she knew she had breasts? Just biking along, i got to get this package. Oh my God, that woman has breasts. She may not be aware. I better tell her quickly. If she's not wearing a bra, her back could be unsupported. Madam, you have tits. Okay. And then just gone. It's just fucking asinine. Have you ever catcalled a woman? No. Never once? Ever seen someone do it? Yeah. One of your mates. What did you do? 
probably just ignore that. Actually. Yeah, it's weird when you ignore it. I've only started interacting. I have a lot of very laddie dudes. My buddy Andrew and this past <laughs> Christmas was trying to have a threesome with two waitresses at a bar. The reason why he thought he could have a threesome with them is because they were both in the room with him. It was a bar. It was pretty great. And he stood up on the table and went, both of you are going to fuck me. And they were like, no, we're not. And everyone's like, Andrew, get off the table. And I was like, I know how to shame him. So I just started videotaping the whole thing. And he was just like, and I was like, get the fuck off the table. And then he got like down and he was like, oh, why didn't that work? Didn't work. And I then just showed him the video of it. I was just like, you see that? And he was like, why am I shouting? And I was like, I don't know, but you can see how we're all very uncomfortable. <laughs> Much like how you guys are over there right now. It's gotten very tense in here. Rudy, final question for you, and then I'm going to stand at the back. By the way, guys, uh, the show is free to get in. It's pay what you want to get out. Suggest a donation of 10 pounds. That's what most shows cost. One woman just laughing, going, ha not worth that. How dare you? Uh, Rudy, final question. What do you do for a living, Rudes? Process engineer. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Me neither, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. You have pride in your work. What is it? Uh, basically... On a pharmaceutical process for active pharmaceutical ingredients. You make pills? Pretty much, man. Oh, you're a fucking popular man in Scotland, <laughs> aren't you? Uh, what's your favorite pill to make? Uh, I was winking, by the way, everyone uh, at home. It's make. not a camera. Okay, what's your favorite pill to take? Uh, no comment. Mine, sleeping pills on an airplane. I don't know if you guys travel a lot on an airplane, but I do. And here's how you make the entire thing enjoyable. Uh, you take a, a Vicodin and then half a Nitol and you have a beer while waiting to get on the plane and the entire journey goes from however long to about 30 minutes of bliss. <laughs> I was leaving Melbourne, Australia. It's a 24-hour flight. You stop in Dubai and literally I was in the middle seat of the emergency section. This side, screaming baby. This side, screaming baby. Both mothers just traveling alone with a screaming baby. Back to London, 24-hour flight and they both turned to me and went, I'm so sorry, the baby's going to scream for a while and I just took concoction beer and I said guys don't worry I'll be and then fell asleep and they had to wake me up in Dubai like I woke up and one of them was holding her baby going wake up wake up and I woke up and they went how did you not scream one of the babies uh, uh, like burped up all in my face and I started screaming and I was like I had no idea and they were so impressed they bought me a juice when we were in Dubai well guys this has been an interesting show in that um, I think you guys have all enjoyed it. That said, I think we've all sweated in a very profound way and the room is beginning to smell you, like feet that have been covered in burnt hair. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming. I'll be at the back. You guys have been great. Thank you very much. Have a great day.